I love Winston Duke and Baku. Baku is my favorite when he calls uh, Okoye, you bald headed she devil. Like, I, I, I about fell over. Welcome to the What's Already podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. All those buttons that help you keep up with all of our episodes, as well as new information coming out. Tell a friend about us. Help us out. Go leave a review. All those fun things that help us grow the podcast. We appreciate it. All in all, though, we just appreciate you listening. So anything that you do outside of that is icing on the cake, as it were. Today, we're here to review Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It was released November 11th, 2022. It was written and directed by Ryan Coogler. It stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, Tanakh Huerta, Martin Freeman, and Dominique Thorne. People of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. If you haven't seen this movie, it is still relatively new. So if you haven't seen it, you want to avoid spoilers. Now it's time to pause the podcast. Go watch the movie. Come back, pick up where you left off, because we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Yeah, let's dive in. Look, I went into this movie with very low expectations, if I'm being honest, because there's a lot going on with this movie and with Chadwick Boseman passing away. Miss that dude. We've talked a lot about him over the ensuing months and years since he's passed. But this one's kind of carried a big, uh-oh, when you think about can this work without Chadwick Boseman? And I'm going to have a very, I've learned in talking to some friends of ours on video games. My take is controversial. Maybe I didn't think it would be successful without Chadwick Boseman, but I think this is the superior film. And I liked the original black Panther movie. I thought it was great, but I wasn't in the camp of it's the best Marvel movie ever made. It's the, the best. It, it was good but it wasn't like outrageously good. It was just really good. This movie I think is better than the original. I think the stakes are higher. The character development is way better. And I think overall it was a more interesting movie. And part of the reason I say that is it's two hours and 41 minutes long and it was long and I knew it was long and it felt long, but it didn't bother me feel long. Like I wasn't sitting there going, good Lord, can you just end already? Like I was like, this is really good. And I enjoyed 99% of this movie. So I thought they really killed it. And I just wanted to get that controversial take out there that I really do of the two black Panther movies. Both of them are great in my opinion, but this one is the superior film. Yeah, that's it. I'm processing kind of what you said. Black Panther came out. It was an entertaining movie, good star power, interesting story, but I, I didn't think it was like a groundbreaking movie. Now, clearly there's some other aspects of what the phenomenon was. That makes sense to me. And I think it's good to celebrate that, but it was just a good movie. And so I know that can be viewed as controversial, but what we try to do here at What's Our Verdict is just talk about like the movie, like just the movie aspects, not so much maybe the social aspects surrounding individuals in a movie, but the movie itself. And what I think what JJ was saying, there was for me kind of spot on. Like, and I don't know if I'm prepared to say, is this one better than the first one? I don't know. Like I probably have to go watch the first one again and 
then see how I feel having just watched this the second one here. But what I can say is I absolutely love the quote unquote villain of this film much more than I did Michael B. Jordan's character. And don't get me wrong. I like Michael B. Jordan. Like his character was so one dimensional and just full of hate and predictable and just one track mind. It wasn't very intriguing or exciting to me, but Namor very complex, a lot going on and certainly could have gone just down the, the I'm super powerful. I'm just going to kill everyone and make them bend to my will. But there was a lot more to it than that. And that's one thing I was very pleasantly surprised. And the actor really just stole the movie for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope the MCU does more with his character because I thought whoever wrote that character and picked him as an actor for that character did a great job. Absolutely. I completely agree. He was the best part of this movie. Well, him and uh, Angela Bassett, I love Angela Bassett and her as Ramonda was amazing. But yeah, Tanakh Huerta stole this movie. And I've said this a couple of times as we've been leading into this show or this movie that I've been worried about how they were going to portray Namor to the point that I even predicted that he wasn't going to be the true villain of the movie. So I was very glad that I was wrong in that respect, because even though we did see some of that government overreach insight where especially the U.S. government and everything they've set up in some of these shows are trying to get a hold of the, I mean, that's the premise of at least where the conflict begins is the vibranium and, and every other country trying to get a hold of it to the point that the French sent mercenaries to steal it from the ocean. And that's how we get introduced to, to Ironheart is, or Riri Williams is the fact that she's the one that built the machine to track for vibranium. So I really liked that, but I was, I was really afraid they weren't going to lean into Namor as an actual villain slash sometimes anti-hero. Like he's, he's not a good guy, even in the comics. Like they did a very good job portraying who Namor is in the comics. And so I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm with you, Matt, and I hope they do more with him. I think they've hinted at that with this movie, with that scene with him and Namora. So I hope they found somebody with him that, I hope they do more with like there, there was definitely some star power there. Cause that's the one thing that the biggest thing I was worried about is Chadwick did play a great black Panther. Oh. That's no taken away from that. Like I will say the send off for him in this movie, I think was tastefully done. So I've heard people like sniffling in the theater and feeling the emotion. And it's funny because he's the black Panther, but the black Panther is him is what it, it felt like at times. And I think compliments to the MCU for that. But yeah, Namor is just someone that I, I want. I was worried it was going to be the Black Adam movie that we just saw. We had the anti-hero, but then we had this other villain that jumped in at the end, which, you know, how I felt about that. I hated it, but they didn't do that. And I mean, I just love to see a movie with Namor being like more of his story and things or something that goes down and his character arc. I just, I liked it because thinking about this movie without Chadwick, I was worried about, well, who's going to, who's going to command screen presence and Sherry's character, Latita, Wright, She's good. And I think at times did steal some scenes herself, but I don't know if she has the power to command it from start to finish. And I think that was one of my biggest worries, but it looks like they, they bounced it accordingly. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's been interesting because a lot of people have had a lot of gripe about the whole Chadwick Boseman and not recasting him. And and I think Chadwick Boseman was going to be a great replacement for Robert Downey Jr. for a while. Like, I think he could have held up 
the MCU. Unfortunately, that isn't how that would played out. But I, I'm with you. I think the MCU and Kevin Feige and Ryan Coogler, especially, I think just did a phenomenal job of paying homage to what Chadwick Boseman did throughout the MCU and the films that he was in as the Black Panther. And I think being able to also pay homage to Chadwick Boseman himself as an actor and the fact that, you know, and I heard it was said, I don't even remember where I saw it. I don't know if I read it or something, but there was somebody that was saying, you know, people were upset because they felt like, hey, they had to relive, you know, they used his death and kind of like played it in the same way as what he did where he acts his actual life. Two things. One, they did talk, they worked with his family in regards to whether or not they could use that story in the way they did. But I thought it was an interesting take in that someone was saying that, you know, some people who really enjoyed his acting, not just in the MCU, but across the board. And he was very quiet and very, he didn't tell anybody he was sick. That's why it was such Mm -hmm. a shock. And so a lot of people, and this sounds really weird, but I get it because, you know, some people really touch you through their art and, and the things that they're doing. And he was like, a lot of us didn't get to say, you know, or process that in a, a normal way because it was so shocking and out of the blue. And so they get kind of gave an opportunity through this movie to do that. And I think, like you said, they did it very tastefully. It was very respectful and it played well for the movie as well, even though that's really, to me, the least important part of it, but I'm glad they didn't recast him. I think it would have been distracting. I think it would have been, yeah, I just wouldn't have liked it. And then of course, with the post-credit scene, they set it up to where in the future movies, there's an opportunity for another T'Challa. So I liked what they did. You know, and like I said, I know it's a, it'll be a controversial take that this one's this more superior film, but I think what for me set it apart from the others is you had two characters in the first one that I cared about. And that was T'Challa and Killmonger, right? The rest were all just kind of there. And the emotional performances from Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman were great. But this show, you had Ramonda, who's dealing with the death of her son and having to now be the queen of this kingdom that's going to be constantly under attack in some way, shape, or form because of what they are, whether it's subtly or actually blatantly under attack. And then you have this new power that raises up and she has to deal with that and make decisions. You have Shuri, who's also trying to deal with not only the death of her brother, that she blames herself not being able to fix it, but also the fact that she is next in line and all for all intents and purposes, right? You have, and again, Namor who kills it, but then you have this whole storyline of his people. I just thought there were so many compelling storylines and the way that they wove them together throughout this movie. And they actually took the time to develop these three or four or five characters. And so, cause you even had, Denai Guerrero is the, the actress that plays her, but the head oh, of... Okoye? Yeah, Okoye. She, Okoye, that's it. Yeah. Her, I mean, you had that whole storyline of her failing and when Shuri gets captured. And then you had Riri Williams and the fact that she's now enemy number one to this almost invincible underwater kingdom because of her machine that you created. I just thought there were so many compelling and interesting characters with great stories and great development that I thought that's why it was intriguing to me in a better film because it's overall, there was always, there's so many things going on and they did it so well as opposed to just two characters fighting for the Mm -hmm. throne and from two different takes of how to lead a people that were that powerful. So to me, that's what made the big difference. I love Winston Duke. 
Mbaku. Mbaku is my favorite. When he calls uh, Okoye, you bald-headed she-devil. Like, <laughs> I, I, I about fell over. No, I, yeah, I love I love Mbaku. He was my favorite character in the first movie. Just, they, I, uh, just, I love the little things that they chant and say, he's, that dude's just cool. Just cool dude. But, they, I mean, they did it. He got beat up in this one, just punched in the chest. He thought he was going to die for a hot minute there. But yeah. one question I had is with Valentina and Everett K. Ross, what's the, what are they trying to weave into their, I didn't know she was a part of, I forgot to, sh- actually, I don't think I connected. She was a part of the CIA and, and cause we saw her in some of these other, in um, what was it? The Captain America TV show is where she was kind of a big part of that towards the end. What are they mm-hmm. trying to weave into with her right here? Cause I wasn't expecting that. So her character in the comics, and I don't know if they're going to lead into that, but her character in the comics on top of Valentina is called Madam Hydra. So ah. my guess is in everything that we've seen her so far, she's building what we now know are going to turn into the movie that we've been talking about with the anti-hero slash villains that are all the, and I don't know why my brain just stopped with that character group. Thunderbolts. It's called Thunderbolts. So it seems mm. like she's going to, she's the one that's piecing together the Thunderbolts. Cause we've seen her, like you said, in her main piece that we saw her in first was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We also saw her at the end of the Black Widow movie in the oh, credit yeah. scene. She's been in two or three now where she's starting to piece together this team of slash villains. So she's got the black, the new Black Widow. She's got Winter Soldier. She's going to have the, it's, uh, he's not Captain America anymore, but he's U.S. soldier, U.S. agent, U.S. agent that was Captain America in the TV show for a minute. And then, so yeah, she's piecing together this group. So I think that's going to be her big overall. And I'm wondering if, I don't know what they'll do overall with her, but obviously that's, she's mm-hmm. going to play a big part in the Thunderbolts movie. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Another question I had, they explained it a little bit. I was still confused the way that Namor was born. He obviously wasn't blue when he came out. Clearly his people are having more children, but they're still blue and not like him. And that's why I got confused. Cause he's like super, super powered and they're like superhuman strength, but, he's still kind of different. I was, I I didn't quite understand that. Yeah. So they've changed his backstory a little from the comics because he's, he's almost the exact replica of Aquaman. Aquaman. So he's actually from Atlantis in the comics. He Mm. was, he's a hybrid mutant from a human father and an Atlantean mother. Yeah, so he's Atlantean in the comics. Now, they took that away. I think it was smart that they did that because of how popular Aquaman was. So I thought that was very... That, that, that's smart because I think that diminishes. Yeah. I think you have... The, the MCU looks stupid with how much copycatting goes on on both sides. It's like, yeah, maybe let's not do that. Exactly. Too much carryover to that. So they, they've taken away that piece of him. And my understanding of the way that they played it was... The other ones were only blue when they were out of the water because when we saw them in the water, they looked, yes, they didn't yeah. look blue. And so I yeah. think it's, it's an, it's an oxygen deprivation thing, kind of where they were talking about the fact that he gets oxygen through his skin and he can breathe it mm-hmm. where the others of his people couldn't breathe 
the water through their But why was like, he lungs. different than them? Because he was born... Because he was... I think the idea is because he was conceived before the herb was used to create these water-breathing humans after they... And then, because she was pregnant oh, she, when she, she was took already it. in the womb. I got you. Yeah, he All was right. already there, so he'd already started to develop as a non-mutant okay. human. And then I'm sure because he mentioned he, mutant, and he is a mutant in the comics, mm-hmm. because they mentioned it in the movie. I'm sure he will be. There was there's some sort of mutant gene that's what gave him his wings on his mm-hmm. feet, on top of the fact that he could breathe both on land and the water. So I think it's another connection to the X Men or mutant side of Marvel is another piece that makes him different. But that's my, that's what I got from the movie was that it was because of, he was conceived as a human, but he was born after ingesting the, his mom ingested the herb. Well, it seems like he's pretty freaking powerful though. Yeah. So I had two issues with the film and one of them was, so are these people to lock in? I don't remember the name of the city to, anyway, are they, invincible are they immortal because it seemed like Mm -hmm. they didn't die right like well yeah they got those stab wounds and just got up you're like okay yeah and obviously they're much tougher than a normal human being and you know they heal differently whatever it is so that question was in my mind because to me it made it seem like at least the majority of them or the ones that were that were turned and they've been living forever were nigh on immortal which mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I really need an answer to that because otherwise, what was the point of the battle at the end? And that's my other issue with the, is the end of this movie. And I realize you kind of had to do it that way, but the fact that, and again, this, I think it goes to, she had to get him off land or off out of the water, not on the boat. And you couldn't have the fight beyond the boat. Cause then it just looks like the final battle from Aquaman. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I get why they did it, but it felt so separate where you have his people, Namor's people climbing up this boat. There's hundreds of them climbing up this giant boat. And you look like by the end of it, you have like 25 Wakandans. Yeah, you, and they weren't like, they were just pushing back. It was like, they would have just killed them because yeah. they already were killing them. And these people have been brutal the entire yeah. movie, which I love. And now all of a sudden they're just pushing them into the ocean. I'm like, I don't understand what changed because without Namor there to tell them yay or nay, they would have just done what they do in my opinion, which is just be brutal and kill. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you should have done that a little different. Like have this battle be seem equal, right? Like where there's a big fight going on on top of the ship and everything that's going on top of the ship is for all intents and purposes, pretty equal, right? Like they're knocking them off the boats. They're beating them. Maybe I thought they would have, I thought they would have leaned in more to the Wakandan tech to keep them on a level playing field. And they, cause we've seen in early ones where they have those shields shields and all kinds of stuff and like special spears and stuff. And so when they didn't really use that, I was like, well, Namor's people are going to whoop their tushies. Cause yeah, they have, why am I forgetting what the steel is called? Vibranium steel, but you're only as fast as you can move it. And if they're faster, then it's not, much of a competition and there's like five to every one of them. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I was with you in that word. There definitely was some serious discrepancies there where, and it started to look like avatar at some point in time uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah, it didn't line up. Yeah. That, that was my biggest all through this movie. I was loving every second of it. And then during that, and I love the fights on either side of it, but I was like, 
in the time that it took her to pull the spear out of her stomach and then kick his ass at the end there and light him on fire with her jet or whatever it was, they would have killed all of the freaking Wakandans on that ship. And so there wouldn't have been any kind of like stop them in that moment. It was just so different from the rest of the movie, how everybody acted. And so I was like, uh, I didn't love that. I think I'm with you. I would have loved seen more of the tech. And you even had the Midnight Sisters with, or the Midnight Angels, where you had the two in the big new tech uniforms that were ugly as hell, by the way. <laughs> so stupid. Um, I mean, they're cool characters in the comics, but their angel armor looks way different than those big old, the weird mask <laughs> with like the thing in the back. Like it was weird. But yeah, the Midnight Angels are cool in the comics and I was excited to see them, but it was really weird. But anyway, that's, I'm with you. I wish we would have seen more of the tech that allowed them to be on more of a level playing field and just have this like battle. That's kind of in a stalemate on top of this ship. And then they come after their battle. It would have made more sense to me. Yeah. Than having them. You know, the thing I struggle with is one thing I like that man of steel did with Henry Cavill's version of, Superman when he fights the other guy from Krypton is that was one of the first superhero battles that they're like throwing each other through buildings and doing that stuff. But I know that they can handle that because Superman, the guy's from the, he's basically Superman number two mm-hmm. and that type of brutality and violence and the way they're punching each other. I'm like, you know what? They're, they're probably going to survive that. But what's hard for me with someone like Neymar versus Shuri is I know that suit's cool. And I know that that herb is, dope but i also have seen chadwick i'm sorry uh black panther get hurt t'challa get hurt and then even how and the same thing with captain america to an extent like how superhuman is superhuman versus if you have the equivalent of like a demigod slamming you against a spear and your body hits it like maybe your ribs maybe your rib or your actual collarbone still going to break and those things are always but that's something DC and MC always juggle with and it still was hell entertaining and the fight scenes in this between the two of them were really cool i think one of the better fight scenes MCU's done in a long time to be completely honest but i always it's always hard for me to grapple with that because Namor is immortal invincible to an extent and but then i'm like is Shuri really like that? Like how powerful is that herb that she ingested? And I, sometimes I just, I struggle with their power levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, it seemed like that dude was torsion her for a long time. And like, she was just getting it handed to him. Like, can you, can you like really stand up to that? No. Yeah. And I'm okay. I was okay to a certain degree with like the actual physical beating <laughs> that like where she's getting thrown into stuff. We've seen, T'Challa in his armor takes some pretty, like he was getting shot from like some big old gun on a helicopter in Winter Soldier. And they Mm -hmm. were just bouncing off of him like it was nothing because of the vibranium. I was okay with a lot of that. My issue was you get for that vibranium spear to go through her vibranium suit. And then she just pulls it, breaks it off and then pulls it through herself. Cool. Right. But there's still organs there. Like, I don't, oh yeah, you're like <laughs> super compromised at that point. Yeah, like and I don't. Know, we've seen it. It's not like you're healing immediately because we have seen. There's precedents where that's sure. not happening. Yeah, and that's my like. I was like okay with the physical beating because they've they've given me the impression through the past of Black Panther being on the screen that the suit absorbs a lot of energy and a lot of the pain and suffering you would be going through. Now you're still gonna feel it, but it's much 
different degree than, but when you puncture the suit, your body, whether you're on a power herb or not, the healing never showed that, that that was like an instant fix, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was, and you just, your kidney, your pancreas, your stomach, like (laughs) there's, there's shit in there when that goes through the suit's not just going to fill in and you may have accelerated healing, but that damage is still done. And so I was like, that was the moment where I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, can overlook that. How, we know how I feel about Thanos and yeah. And game and with, yeah, like that's, that's always something they got to juggle. But I would say one of the better choreographed fights, because one thing I, I think DC more often than not does better in Marvel is fight scenes. Yeah. Um, I'm really impressed overall with like, with Marvel. You think back to Thor, Love and Thunder, like I didn't really, I didn't think a lot of it was that compelling and they're mono. They do well with crowd stuff and positioning people the right way, but one-on-one fighting has never been that compelling to me within the MCU. But this was, in my opinion, probably, if not the best, definitely within the top three that I can think of. Yeah, I think Winter Soldier, the Captain America Winter Soldier, couple of fights that they had, especially the one in the streets, where Steve Rogers, Captain America had the shield. Bucky had his knife. Oh, yeah. That one was dope. That was a really good hand to hand man. That was a long time ago. That was a way long time ago. And it was in probably the top three or four best Marvel movies ever made. The civil war fight with Stark. Yeah, that was good. That, that's the, the that three of them, the Stark sure. winter soldier and Captain America was good. But I'm with you. This one was really good. And one thing that I was going to touch on, too, that we talk about a lot with movies and TVs is the CGI. Like, Namor flying mm. around, like, with oh, his wings. Great. That looked, it looked so good. So I was really impressed with Yeah, like, the thing the on their face the, mm-hmm. from their blue skin, that might have been actual practical effects to an extent, but it all worked. Yeah. It definitely worked. Yeah. It looked good. It was a very good-looking film. I don't, I can't think of anything... CGI wise that I was like, Ooh, that was terrible. It, now there, honestly, it was for me, there's nothing, there was nothing that I could think of that actually detracts, which is a high compliment for a movie like that. Cause yeah. there's a hell of a lot of CGI. Yeah. And we usually are all over that, but I didn't oh, I'm, see I'm, anything. I'm picky. So the fact that I haven't brought it up means clearly there wasn't anything that bothered me because I'll catch that stuff. I'm not, on JJ and Alex level finding <laughs> Easter eggs in movies that I should be paying attention to, but I definitely am good at noticing CGI that bothers me. Yeah. Same here. Same. Yeah. You, you're a resident CGI shit on her person. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and length of movie, I guess I should bring that up. You know, like you said, JJ, I, I didn't know how long this movie was going to be like, that's something my, one, my boss, he's a movie fanatic even on par with, JJ level, if not exceeding that to be mm-hmm. frank, which is insane to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. And so he, he kind of, he gave me a spoiler free rundown of what he was saying. So I was kind of calibrated, but he mentioned the time as well. And sitting there in the movie theater, I was with a couple of my nephews. I was not bothered by it, but I could definitely tell there were some scenes where I was like, you know, like I'm okay. I would have been fine with them cutting some of this out or kind of fast forwarding some of that. And they definitely took some liberties where it wasn't bad, but Two hours and 40 minutes is a long movie. I think if this movie is at 2.15, I mean, we could be talking about a potentially almost perfect movie, but there's, it's long. Like, and because it's so long, I really enjoyed it, but I don't know when I'll watch it again. I want to watch Namor again, but man, I got to watch so much to really appreciate Namor again. Yeah. 
you know, and it's funny going back to that conversation that I we're we're on gaming and having, and it was funny because I think it was Presley was like, dude, we need like intermissions again in movies. And I was like, (laughs) you're not wrong. Because once you hit almost three hours like this, if you're the better part of three hours, you got to have five minutes break. I mean, it doesn't need to be long. Just give me five minutes so I can go pee and not Mm -hmm. have to worry about, because I'm with you. Like, I didn't know how long it was. Like I've been avoiding everything about this movie because I didn't want to accidentally find spoilers. So I hadn't even looked at how long it was until I got to the theater and as I pulled up my digital ticket, I was like, two hours and 41 minutes, yeah. son of a bitch. I was like, plus two hour, 20 minutes of previews. I was like, I'm in this movie for three plus hours. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. So I was already like, damn it. But again, like I said, it didn't bother me. Like I wasn't like, this is too long. Like, and we talk about that a lot. Movies yeah. need to be edited down. I am fine with everything about this movie and the length as far as what was in it. But- I'm like you, I also wouldn't, there are certain scenes that they could have probably cut and I wouldn't have felt like the movie was so worse I'll give because you of it. Th- two that I definitely think probably three, it's that whole thing where the Namor's people could sing and hypnotize people and get them to jump into water. Like it's a cool power. And sure. one, they didn't really like fully explain how that works. Cause that is also another lay of these people. Like that's some OG, like some mm-hmm. over OP stuff, I should say overpowered. Yeah. And they kind of, they used it, but that's like five minutes of screen time right there from the beginning when they find the vibranium to the emergency rescue people to fighting on the ship. They didn't explain it enough. And I was like, I don't, I didn't need it. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it looked cool and it was kind of shocking, but that's just something off the top of my head. I was like, yeah, like, it just felt kind of random, to be honest. Yeah. I'm with you. Those There's there's three scenes that can be cut at that point, right? Mm-hmm. That are at least a couple of minutes long because it, the mind control thing didn't add value other than the no. whole shock and awe of like, oh shit, they can make people just jump off into the ocean mm-hmm. and be done with it. So I, yeah, I'm with you on that. I will give them a slight grace to it because they, they did so good with Chadwick Boseman and, and showing some of those scenes and imagery and focusing on the funeral where this movie without that probably would have been like two thirty, Sure. Runtime. And so that part totally understand. And they need to keep that in there. I think that was tastefully done, but I'm curious if you have another spot where I'm trying to think of another thing I would have cut out and there's stuff. I mean, there's room for it. They did like a mini funeral for Ramonda and mm. I get that you needed it, but we already saw the ritual that they go through Fair. because of T'Challa yeah. We could have skipped right to M'Baku and Shuri's conversation. And it it wouldn't have bothered me because I've already witnessed 15, 20 minutes of Mm -hmm. this funeral procession. And to me, that was more impactful than, oh, I'm watching it again. Look, I get it. They're going to do it. This is your queen. That's a really good point. Because we needed that conversation. Don't cut that out. But the right, yeah, that's a really good point. But everything before it, between her dying and them having that conversation, Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. need it because I've already seen it. The other piece that I think could have been, I think they could have made the conversation between Killmonger and Shuri one conversation versus two. And I know that doesn't seem like it would take a lot away, but the cut from when she gets her ass handed to her by Namor, and then it cuts to her saying, no, I'm going to, I'm not like my brother. I'm going to kill this dude. I'm going to get my vengeance or whatever it was. That could have been part of the original 
her going to the other side. And then we don't need the revisit of her actually the finishing the conversation. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. then you just have Ramonda coming in and saying, look, show him who you really are. That yeah. to me would have been showing those contrasting views and, and the two parts of her personality that made her very different from T'Challa, which I thought was great. And I loved the idea of her summoning Killmonger as opposed to her mom, her dad, or her brother, because she's angry. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she wants revenge. And that who is who she knew would have advice on that. I was perfectly cool with that scene. In fact, I loved it. What I didn't love was that they cut the conversation or her response to, are you going to be like your brother? And then put it back in the middle of the fight. It was a very cliche edit. And I mm-hmm. we didn't need it. Just put that part at the end of the conversation so that I know she's going to go in and be ruthless. And in fact, I would have been rooting going, yeah, kill this son of a bitch. Let's, let's yeah. go. And then have Ramonda come in. I think that yeah. could have cut probably like two, three minutes, but it's sure. still something to me that would have made the edit better. I think one of the more I'm thinking about it, I didn't care so much for the Agent Ross stuff throughout sure. the film where I understood they had, I think he was the reason how they found Ironheart originally, but then they continued that along and there just didn't seem like a lot of connection there, even with Valentina and stuff where they continued phone calls and things like that. I, I don't know. It didn't really seem like we needed it personally. Mm-hmm. And that's just a very opinionated, but I, I think that could have saved us some time. Cause I, those scenes I didn't really care for. They're just like, eh. Agreed. And I think everything after him giving them the tip to get to Riri Williams, I think you could have gone without him until he gets arrested by, yeah, you, you know what I mean? That at the end. And mm-hmm. then, because it sets up a great moment. Like I laughed my ass off when Okoye is like, oh, the colonizer in chains. That's ironic (laughs) or whatever it was when she busts him out. But I'm with you. I think there was a lot of stuff in between with her and Valentina that was just set up for future projects with both of them in it as opposed to adding real value to the story. So that's a great point. I didn't even think about. But this is if uh, JJ and Matson were to rewrite a movie. And so, yeah, it's just always funny because, I, I mean, MCU's got so much clout that they can get away with that. But there's little things like that that when you really think about a movie that's perfect and what makes it so great, like it's got to hit on all facets and it's it's hard to do. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and I say all of that to say this, and that is that the editing piece and some of the little things, it's all nitpicky shit. Like this movie to me is so good, even at two hours Mm -hmm. and 41 minutes, even with some odd storytelling pieces that don't make a lot of sense near the end. I, and in a couple of places throughout the movie, it was still so good that I didn't, I thought about them for a second and then I was right back in the movie. It didn't like pull me out. It didn't, it's not anything I'm going to sit and shit on this movie about. I have nothing to actually shit on it. I just think there could have been little improvements. Sure. So to wrap things out, I need to help reminding myself. Let's talk about the end credit scenes. So there was only one that I know of. Yeah, right. I, I guess that was my first question. Sounds like there's just one. And I'm trying to remember if there's anything that we really glean from that. Only that T'Challa has a, had a kid with... Yeah, Nakia. Nakia. And that was, that was the only... Yeah, it was just... It was that, you know, they had a son... His name was T'Challa. Feel good ending. Yeah. So it gave, and I liked it. It made sense to me because it made Shuri, it gave Shuri something positive to look forward to, right? Like another connection. She just feels like she's lost her entire family. Now she has beyond non-blood family, like M'Baku and Nakia and Okoye. Mm -hmm. She now has 
you know, this legacy of someone else that can be yeah. a blood relative. So I like that. I don't is, know that it's a big picture thing though. Is Black Panther done after like, what is next? No, it does say, it did say at the end of the credits that Black Panther will return. So I'm, I'm assuming that Shuri will have more to play when it comes to the future. Like is she the new Black Panther? Huh? Okay. And she was in that. So a lot of people have been bitching about that too, about Shuri being, but she was a Black Panther in the comics. Like she was a queen mm. in Black. So, I mean, this is not, there is precedent for this. It is part of the story. They actually like stuck to the comics quite a bit in a lot of it, except for like Namor's origin story. So mm-hmm. not really his origin per se, as much as his background and where he lives, like the Did city being different. Namor's people and Wakanda act like feud in the comics. Is constantly. That real? Okay. Oh yeah. Constantly. It. it was always a thing with Atlantis and, and Wakanda. Did they explain the comics? Why Namor's people are more like, old school non-tech and Wakanda's very new school and tech. Cause they, you look at it. I mean, Namor's people have been around clearly far longer or it seems like it, they, at least they're immortal. So you think they, they would have figured out the secrets that that was always a question I had. Yeah. It was very different in the comics when it comes to that. Like Atlantis is a very high tech yeah, well, yeah. modern I mean, every society other... as well. And I think mm-hmm. what they were trying to do with this movie is just play into the fact that these are, now you're looking at a branch of the Aztec or the Inca, I don't remember, or the Maya, whichever okay, ones. I, I'll take that then, that's fine. Yeah, and I think I that's, that. that was just one of the modifications from the comic. But in the comic, they're very, it's all water-based, right? But it's they're very high-tech in Atlantis I guess as well. they still could have done high-tech, Aztec, Maya, they could have just put that spin up. So I, it's still sure. like, yeah, it would have been cool to have, they could have just been, the cool high-tech water people. Well, and they they obviously have some because of like the bombs that they made and then the breathing apparatus that they have. So they obviously developed some, but being a hidden society that obviously doesn't even come out to just say hello. Like there's also how much do they need the text that they're, you know what I mean? They're still using whales, but I mean, that's a pretty dope form of transportation. So yeah, yeah. it was was just interesting to to think about that, but. That's pretty much all I can think of that I wanted to talk about for me. Cool. Me too. Let's rate it. I'll go first. I like this movie. Like I said, I think it's the better of the two Black Panther movies. I think it has more depth. And I think that's the the big piece. And it's unfortunate. Look, I would love to have Chadwick Boseman back. I would have loved to have seen what they could have done with continual stories from Chadwick Boseman. Unfortunately, that's not the case, you know. Would love to have him around. But based on the fact that they're in a very difficult situation going into this movie, do you recast it? How do you move forward? So kudos, kudos, kudos to Ryan Coogler and how he wrote this movie and directed this movie. And and kudos to Marvel for letting him do it the way he wanted to do it. It turned out to me one of the better movies in Marvel Universe. And it was a nice to go to a Marvel movie and come out feeling really hyped and feeling really good as opposed to some of the Marvel projects we've been watching recently haven't left me feeling that way. So I was really happy coming out of this movie. There were some little things, these nitpicky things for me, but again, they're very nitpicky. I don't think it's the ultimate perfect movie. I don't know that a two hour and 40 minute movie could ever be the ultimate perfect movie. I just think <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. And there were some things that just didn't need to be there. could have been cleaned up. And then more than even more than that, there were a couple of things at the end that just didn't make sense to me because it didn't fit with, how people were acting throughout this movie, specifically the fight scene at the end with 
why he just backed them up to the back of the ship as opposed to this brutal army of underwater people had just been murking people the whole movie. So why do it differently other than we need it for the story. So, and you had people in there with, in that army on there with plot armor. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, other than that, but again, those are all nitpicky. I thought it was a great movie. It was well acted, great story, great writing, great visuals. It was heart wrenching. There was a lot of hard topics, a lot of dealing with loss and grief and how that can change you. And a lot of cool things that are coming for the future of the Marvel, I think, with with Ironheart and the Thunderbolts. And I'm excited for the future of what we saw in this movie. So I'm going to give it a four and a half. Not quite perfect, but it's up there for me. It's a great movie. And I will watch it again when I have a free three hours. (laughs) I know. I'll watch it. I mean, actually, in fact, I'm probably watching it again next week because a lot of my fan that's coming in for Thanksgiving has yet to Mm. see this. I think a lot of people will be seeing this movie next week. So I'm probably like 95% sure I'm watching this next week, which is great. I'm excited. Thankfully, it's worth watching again. Long story short for me, it's a four and a half. JJ, I'm not going to reiterate everything that he said. There's enough things in here that it's not the perfect movie. It's just not. But it's a very good movie. Everyone should be watching this if you're a fan of the MCU. And in fact, I actually talked to JJ about this offline. This is a return to OG Marvel for me. What they do best, telling stories. This was not a overtly complicated story. There wasn't a lot of twists and turns. But for me, as I was talking to JJ, it's been hard as the MCU is biting off a lot, which I hope they execute on, but they're dealing with a lot. And when you think about Iron Man and Captain America and Hawkeye and Black Widow and all that, and they were telling singular stories that they started to piece together. And Thanos as a bad guy wasn't, was complex, but made enough sense even with the gauntlet i didn't get didn't get too crazy but with all this multiverse stuff i'm questioning how they're going to tie the bow together this movie did what marvel is good at telling a story from start to finish with characters that we like with a a villain that had a lot of good backstory that again marvel doesn't usually do very well so I just liked it as a, it's a very good standalone movie because there isn't anything particularly as of now in this movie that connects to what they're trying to tell with this grand overarching story. And I hope Marvel remembers that and tries to hold on to that as much as they can. Cause I enjoyed, for me, this is kind of the coming out party for Namor is how I'm looking at this movie. And they did such a good job with that. And I want to see more of it. So four and a half, I'll watch it again. Everyone should go watch this. I think this is, the best thing Marvel's put out since Spider-Man, in my opinion, and I'm looking forward to what else they're going to do. Agreed. It's the end of uh, phase four also, by the way. So we, starting with Ant-Man in February, we'll be into phase five. So this was the last phase four movie. Whatever that means. (laughs) All right. So with that, yeah, there it is. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Go see it. Madsen, tell everybody where they can find us. Well, you can listen to us on wherever good podcasts can be found. That includes Spotify, Apple, Ghana, Stitcher, you name it. We are also live on YouTube and Facebook on Monday and Thursdays, Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific for the Peripheral. Great show. And then we're finishing up next week. Or by the time this comes out, we may have... Oh, I guess, no, we wouldn't. We Mm -hmm. would have the last episode of Andor on Thursday. We'll come on Thursday. Probably come out... Maybe Wednesday or Friday because of Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, we want you to be able to eat your turkey, your pies, your mashed potatoes, all that. And beyond that, we're excited to talk about some other good movies coming out like The Menu, 
glass onion, and then probably some holiday favorites, whether they're we usually try to review some OG ones. Uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that, but excited to do that. And then if you want to chime in a little bit more with us, we have a Patreon page that you can join and help influence some of the movies we watch, see some exclusive content, including trailer reviews behind the scenes, as well as just telling us a movie you want to have us watch every quarter. If you're our super listener like Charles, who's one of our Patreons, he's certainly enjoying that. That's right. Him, him Matson's 13 toes. <laughs> His new Patreon name. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Matson, for telling everybody that. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for joining us for our Wakanda Forever episode. And with that, we'll catch you on the next one. Mike, cinematic out.